Welcome to Black Exposed, Canada's only show on primetime FM radio with black content and all black Canadian music. It's Tuesday, May 2nd, and you're hanging with Sandra Tyler. Tonight, Black Exposed premieres the Canadian exclusive with NBA mindfulness coach and author George Mumford, whose book Unlocked releases today. George has worked with his friend Hall of Fame coach Phil Jackson and his NBA players for the Bulls and the Lakers to unlock their inner greatness, find their flow, and discover success. He's helped Michael Jordan envision and perfect the shot, that infamous shot. And he's also mentored Kobe Bryant and helped him win his NBA title. So if you're looking to unlock your inner masterpiece, overcome your fears, if you're stuck in a rut or you're just an NBA freak, you don't want to miss this show. Last week, I aired the exclusive world radio premiere of This Soul Connection by legendary black Canadian R&B and blues artist Jordan Patterson. I got so many emails about This Soul Connection, which is out now on streaming platforms. So I'm kicking off Black Exposed with This Soul Connection. Get ready to dance, roll down your windows. I'm Sandra Tyler. This is Jordan Patterson's This Soul Connection on Black Exposed 98.5 CKWR. I'm rolling down the road. Got your fever in my veins. It's a crazy kind of feeling. But your love is the same.
beautiful flower You're flexible in all your power You got all the sunlight in the air that you need They tried to bury us But they didn't know we were seeds Now he stand hour after hour Strong as an oak, tall as a towel The storm keeps raging But you never pay no heed They tried to bury us But they didn't know we were seeds Somehow Everything eventually dreams Someday Somehow Everyone eventually dreams Someday Now see you shining strong and clear No one can stop a good idea Nobody like you There's nobody like you I was a flower, I was an oak I was provoked and when I awoke I started grazing for all the things that I need They tried to bury us But they didn't know we were seeds They tried to bury us But they didn't know we were seeds Somehow Everything eventually dreams Someday Somehow Everyone eventually dreams Someday They knocked you down Erased your name You stood your ground And wouldn't change You found a place now Standing alongside the trees They tried to bury us, but they didn't know we were seeds You are a star and you are hope Smoke signals in the air evoke From the darkest depths that our hearts can be free They tried to bury us, but they didn't know we were seeds They tried to bury us, but they didn't know we were seeds. Somehow, everything eventually dreams. Someday, somehow, everyone eventually dreams. Someday, somehow, everything eventually dreams. Someday, somehow, everyone eventually dreams. Welcome back to Black Exposed. I'm Sandra Tyler. That was Jordan Patterson's This Soul Connection. This is the song of the summer. Did you feel it in your veins? Did you feel the sun on your face? I'm so excited about summer. Enough of this rain. Go away. You also heard from Juno nominee Julian Taylor with the song Seeds. Coming up next, George Mumford, the NBA mindfulness coach and author of the book Unlocked. He's going to join us for his Canadian radio-exclusive interview. 
and you don't want to miss it because he's going to talk about Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan and some of the effective techniques that he used for, you know, NBA players for the Chicago Bulls and the LA Lakers and just working with Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson calls him Mumphy. So I guess when you read his book, you're going to be Mumphy. It's a three-day celebration of black art and artistry, and it's free. The Mel Brown Music Festival and Symposium, hosted by KPL Central. Blues, hip-hop, opera, jazz, reggae, ska, R&B. Established stars, exciting emerging talent. Faith Amore, Denise Williams, Sean Jones, The Arsenals, Douglas Watson, James Corbin. Check back. The artist list is updated daily. The Mel Brown Music Festival, May 26th to 28th. Get your free tickets now at melbrownfestival.ca. Hey, Canada, did you know that Black Exposed is Canada's only black show on primetime FM radio with black content and all black Canadian music? I'm your host, Sandra Tyler. Each week, I bring you exclusive interviews with famous black legends and local black heroes. Black Exposed is Canada's black entertainment show that focuses on the history of the black Canadian music and the black music culture in Canada. Black Exposed airs Tuesday 6 p.m. on 98.5 CKWR. Stream us live on CKWR.com and stream on most platforms after the broadcast. And make sure you check out our YouTube channel, Black Exposed with Sandra Tyler. I'm excited because I have a new book coming out May 2nd. The Unlock means that we're able to embrace our greatness, find the flow, and then discover success. But not just success as an empty success, but being able to express ourselves sincerely, authentically. Unlock is about being in flow, moving through unimpeded with the rhythm, with the grace, with the ease, with the effortlessness. The book talks about the process of how can you be unlocked, how can you remove all the noise and clutter so that there's space for you to create. I have to ask questions like, who am I and why am I here? I am a divine spark and I'm encrusted in the shell and my job is to break out of that. So I have to chip away to get to it, much like a caterpillar has to metamorphosize into being a butterfly by breaking out of the chrysalis. And you're the only one that can do it. It's an inside job. Welcome back to Black Exposed on 98.5 CKWR. Co-hosting with me tonight is George Mumford. He's the author of the book Unlocked, Embrace Your Inner Greatness, Find the Flow, Discover Success. And it's out today. George Mumford is a world-renowned psychologist and mindfulness performance expert who has helped superstars such as Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant transform their careers. He's also helped the NBA players for the Bulls and the Lakers with the Hall of Fame coach Phil Jackson. People call George a performance whisperer. Welcome to Black Exposed, George. Thank you. I am so honored to be here and so happy to be here. We are so happy to have you here. And first and foremost, on behalf of all of Canada, we are so sorry for your loss of NBA star Kobe Bryant, who died uh, in a helicopter accident with his daughter, Gianna, and seven others, January 26th, 2020. And I know he was like a nephew to you. So condolences. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. And yes, he, he was very special. Your life, it's its quite interesting journey. I don't know where to begin, from a troubled childhood to a generational legacy of addiction, your own struggles with heroin and alcohol. And from that, you go to helping inmates in the prison 
with the prison project and also working with Phil Jackson and all these famous NBA stars. So let's just take a moment to rewind here because in order to for you to explain to us what Locked Unlocked is about, we need to understand how you got unlocked. Yes. So thank you for that intro. I was an aspiring basketball player who was at UMass, University of Massachusetts at Amherst. And it was my sophomore year. And uh, I had befriended uh, Julius Irving, Dr. J. He was actually my roommate for a time. And uh, I was trying out for the team and I was, we were playing pickup. I was playing pickup with the, with the varsity players and folks that were going to be potential members of the t- of the club of the team i was going up and one of my competitors cut the legs underneath me and i ended up chipping bones on my ankle and that was pretty much my basketball career was over after that and i didn't know who i was because i, I identified with basketball being very quiet speaking public i was very quiet i let my game speak for me so i got lost and then I got addicted to pain meds and then got into illegal meds. It was fascinating because I was a functional substance abuser. I was able to work, continue to do things. So fast forwarding, uh, 1984, I got clean and then I discovered I had chronic pain. And so I had to really, so I had that, how do I deal with chronic pain without having to rely on, on pharmaceuticals? And so that's when I was introduced to uh, this stress management course that was being taught by this doctor. Her name was Dr. Well, her name is Dr. Joan Borisenko. And at that time, she was one of only three in the world psychoneuroimmunologists. So I learned about the mind body and I learned about meditation. And, but what I really learned was the fact that I was responsible for my health, that I had to be a, and just understanding that the mind and the body are connected and not separate, like learning how, how to, focus on things, learning how to self-regulate, what I call self-regulate, which is the ability to regulate thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. I had to learn about myself. I had to go inside and understand that I had a body, mind, heart, and soul, and that it was up for me to, to exercise all four aspects of my being, of being a human being. For So anyway, so I got into it, and I started doing it, and I was working as a financial analyst because my undergraduate degree was in business administration, um, majoring in accounting. So... When I got clean, I realized that I wanted to share with people what this thing about. I was very fascinated. Why was I able to get clean and there's so many other people not able to get rid of their addictions or actually to be able to do what they want to do? Yeah. Uh, you have an attention, but they say, oh, yeah, I would like that, but I can't do it. When I quit my job and I was working, I was working in a Center for Mindfulness. I was working in the Stress Reduction and Relaxation Program. Now it's referred to it. Center for Mindfulness or my MBSR, Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction. And nine out of 10, maybe 9.9 out of 10 would say, oh, I could use that, but I don't have time. Right. And that was it. That would have been me. I was like, yeah, all of these things were introduced to me in college years ago. But I always said, no, I, just give me a brew. I'll be straight, you know, to get out of my face, <laughs> you know, really that kind of thing. Because, you know, that was lame stuff. I wasn't going to do that. But when my bike got on fire and when I had only, uh, I could either, I couldn't go backwards, I had to go forward, but being in program and getting access to the power within me, getting access to higher power, getting access to the fact that there was a tremendous amount of wisdom and potential inside of me that this actual, this, these crises were opportunities for me to see it as a challenge 
that I, I had everything I needed to succeed. I had a masterpiece within. I had access to, 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 to a power source that was greater than anything or frankly any problem in front of me. So I started getting glimpses of it and started realizing I was responsible and that I could make choices and that, like I said, I could self-regulate. So my ability to be self-aware and to self-regulate gave me the, the opportunity to be able to have self-control and self-mastery. And so that was the beginning of the of the unlocking, but the unlocking happened as a result of some crisis or some pain or some unavoidable suffering that that allowed me to access it. And there's Hans Selye, he's a, the gentleman, the doctor that wrote the, the Stress of Life. He said that when we are confronted with these types of things, it allows our latent abilities to express themselves. So you talk in the book about you're hitting rock bottom and why we need to hit rock bottom in order to release yes. our awareness. What I, what I want to say is we can't keep doing what we're doing, but we can't not do what we're doing. <laughs> Freedom is just another word for nothing else to lose. You get to the place where, you know, I call it the AOF method of motivation, and that's ass on fire or a sense of urgency. <laughs> there has to be something that says where we get to the point, and I think I actually had a moment of that when I went into the detox. When I was going into the detox, and I had been going to uh, 12-step meetings for about three months, it occurred to me, and you know, we have self-talk. We have these, these inner dialogues, these conversations. Most of the time before I trained myself, I had the negative committee was always telling me what I couldn't do or what was wrong with me or, or you know, how things were going to go south. And there was a voice that said to me, you know, the same George that goes in, and you gotta, it's got to be a different George that comes out of here than the one that goes in. Because the one that goes in is the same as the one that comes out, then I'm in trouble. Nothing's changed. So there was a recognition that I had to change, uh, that, that there had to be a transformation or there had to be, uh, I had to occur to myself differently. See myself not as a, a drug drug abuser that's going to, you know, keep getting high and then die or end up in jails, institutions, or hospitals. But I had to see myself as somebody who was going to come out that was different. And that's indeed what happened when I came out of there. I saw that I was in walking distance from my home, from my neighborhood, my home. And I saw my street for the first time. See, when you change how you look at things, the things you look at change. As Patty LaBelle would say, I had a new attitude. (laughs) (laughs) I had a new attitude. And that attitude uh, gave me latitude of being a seeker, just seeking to understand. There's a tremendous amount of wisdom and creativity that comes out of this idea of just being authentic, being real. In Zen tradition, they say true teaching is sometimes it feels like it's being forced on you. But it's not being forced on you. It's just that you have a perspective that you won't let go of. And so there's really no, there's too much noise and clutter for you to see with fresh and new eyes. And so that's what beginning's mind is how can you see things in fresh and new ways? When we do that, then we, we see, we have this ability to see the big picture and to be able to go through it. So what stops us from doing that is the unpleasantness of being uncomfortable, having that cognitive dissonance, you know, seeing things and, and it's challenging our whole belief system about who we think we are, what we think we know. And so it requires a certain amount of courage to be able to say, I'm going to, I'm going to see for myself. I'm going to be willing to see things as they are. And then I'll, 
I because I have this capacity to respond to whatever comes up that is actually going to be a stepping stone, not a roadblock. And so this thing about truth and about hating the truth, because if I hate the truth, now I got to take personal responsibility. That's what this mm-hmm. is about. This is about taking personal responsibility. But unless we accept personal responsibility, we can't make choices. When I was addicted and, and not wanting to see things, but hiding out, I'm just reacting to things. But when I start to really see things as they are in great space, between stimulus and response and see that I am responsible, that how I'm viewing the world is is up to me. Sometimes we don't even know we're hiding out. But once it, it's clear to us that I'm hiding out, then I can do something about it. When I started learning about stress and stress management and that sort of thing, I'd be somewhere because I grew up in a city and the last thing you want to do is to feel you have any any um, weaknesses or whatever. And so I would say, well, you know, I don't get stressed out. I'm I'm cool. I grew up in the hood. I dealt with so many things. And I was a dolphin and I'm not dolphin. <laughs> and my body said to me, because the body don't lie, the body said to me, dude, I don't know about you, but there's some stress up in here because your shoulders are up around your ears. So I had to say, okay, so let me open up to the possibility that I'm stressed. And once I did that and said, yeah, there is stress here. But it's hard to see because we have this idea of who we are. If you really look for George, if I look for George, there's nowhere to be found. There's these, these roles I have or whatever, but you look, so you can't find it, but I can feel that there's something there. There's a divinity there. There's an energy there, but it's beyond, you know, I can't name it and say, that's who I am. You know, I'm a black right. man. You know, I'm a brother. I'm a son, all of that stuff. But then when you get to the end of that, then where are you? Why don't we start with your masterpiece? Yes, that's what it is. So we have this, this divine spark that we're hiding out by denying things and blaming other people and not taking personal responsibility and not going through the process of allowing that divine spark, getting out of the hideout so that we're in plain sight. And this goes back in the book, The Way of Man by Martin Buber. He talks about uh, when God asked Adam, wherefore art thou? He's not asking him where he is physically. He's asking him, okay, I've allotted so many years of your life. Where are you with your life? Have you taken responsibility? Are you expressing your potentiality? That's what he's asking. Where are you? And so mm-hmm. that's the question we all have to ask is, you know, what do we have to give to the world? You know, we can only give what we are and we have to own that. And then once we release or get out of the hideouts, we can start to see that we have this ability as human beings to hallow things. Well, what does hallow mean? To make holy. So uh-huh. angels can't do that. But human beings can do that with our intention. With intent, we can choose to say, okay, I'm, I, I'm a light, I'm a divine spark, and how can I relate to others within their divinity? Or can I, how can I align with divinity? Let's just call it love. It takes something because it takes accepting that we've been hiding out. That's the first, that's the first step where I hit myself. Just get out of the hideouts and, 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 and realize that you have this ability to make things holy or to make things whole, including yourself. Just going back to the book before Unlocked, which releases today, the mindful athlete, Kobe Bryant wrote, George helped me to be neither distracted or focused, rigid or flexible, passive or aggressive. I learned to just be. I want listeners to really remember that quote in your book, 
because you have worked with Phil Jackson, obviously Kobe, who's like a nephew, and Michael Jordan, and so many elements of the book. Talk about these athletes and how you help them unlock themselves. Can you give us some examples as to how you prepared these athletes to really find their inner self? There's some really great examples in the book. Yeah, so the thing is, it's interesting, and it's something we have to remember. To be a mindful athlete, you got to be a mindful person. But in mindful athlete, people keep thinking they have to be an athlete. But if you want to see yourself as an athlete, which you can because this thing called life is a marathon, and you have to train for it. But how I helped them unlock or find a masterpiece is just what we just talked about. You got to be who you are. So whatever's there, so what's in the way becomes the way. So my job is to help them find themselves, help them understand they, they're hiding out and they got to get out of the system of hideouts because there's a masterpiece within that only they can access. And their job is to know who they are, to be who they are, to express who they are, to share who they are. It's a context of athletic competition, which is helpful because there's a beginning, middle, and end. Whereas in life, we're just like, it's a marathon, it keeps going on and on. And we have to be able to structure things in ways where we can have a interval where we can actually assess how we're doing, what are we doing, and you know what do we need to change. So like in a, in a basketball game, especially at halftime, they make these adjustments because this is the way the game is going. So we have to be able to say, this is the way our life is going, or, or the situation is going. And we got to go back to basic fundamentals. How do we get back in alignment? with our goal and with what we say we're going to do or who we say we're going to be. And so my job is, it's not, even people want a formula. The formula is, there is no formula. The formula is I meet people where they are and I help them break out or chip away. So if we talk about going from being a caterpillar to a butterfly, you have to get into that chrysalis. And then that chrysalis, you have to work your way out. And if you don't work your way out, which happened with this young man saw Chris, you know, the little being, and he cut it open. And when the being emerged, it was ill-formed. Why was it ill-formed? Because it needed the struggle to build up the strength to fly. So no struggle, no swag. Yeah, you have to be get comfortable being uncomfortable. And you have to be able to see things as they are, even though it's hard to see or it feels like it's being forced on us or we hate it. Because Why do we hate it? Because it's unpleasant. But that unpleasantness is temporary. It's not going to last like everything else. It will change, but it's, it, you can get comfortable being uncomfortable so that you're able to see that when you're out of your comfort zone and you're struggling and there's anxiety and uncertainty there, that means that you're growing and you're moving into another, to another level. And so we're human beings, which we're always being and being is just being without doing all the time so we get so identified with doing you know i'm this or that instead of being which is if you want to if you want peace you got to be peace you want love you got to be love if you want understanding you got to be understanding so it's the being thing so we got to be it right it's one thing to say we're it but we have to be it so if, if you say i'm weak that's one thing but you can say i'm strong do the things that help you be have more strength versus saying I'm weak and then just having that as an identity. And that already stops you from being able to do things to strengthen you. 
not just NBA players. Listen, at the end of the day, we're all human, right? We all have thoughts. Right. And right. how and do we? If you play, you can only play for so many years, and you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> be, you gotta go back to where you were before you started playing. You know, probably catches up with all of us. Yes. How are we able to negate our thought process so we are not falling weak to the spiritual warfare within? So I'm going to quote. I think it, I think it was Dr. Dre, but I think. Snoop Dogg has something to do with it. I got my mind on money, money on my mind. Right. So from moment to moment, whatever we have in mind, that's what we, that's what we are manifesting. So we have to be able to watch our thoughts and change them. Self, self-regulation to change it. Gandhi, our beliefs become our thoughts. Our thoughts become our words. Our words become our actions. Our actions become our habits. Our habits become our values. Our values become our destiny. So it's really, and there's a book by Earl Nightingale called The Strangest Secret. We become what we think about. You know, mindfulness is in the Bible. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That's right. So you see what I'm saying? So the wisdom traditions, whether it's the Bible or the Quran or, or the Kabbalah, it doesn't matter. What matters is truth is the same. It just has different names. So it's really about understanding that we create with the word. I'm not making this up. So we got to know what's our mind on, whatever our mind is on, that's what's on our mind. I got love, Natalie Cole, one of my alumnus from you. I got love on my mind. That's the thing. So whatever your mind is on, that's what's on your mind. And so we have to understand that we have this potential to manifest things, but we create with the word. We got to be careful about that. Now we talk about the inner, inner dialogue or the inner dialogue just saying, you know, that, that is actually telling us our frame of mind. So if you want to know what your mind is doing, just listen to yourself talk and listen to That's your true. body walk. <laughs> you know, I'm talking because your body don't lie. It's just telling you what's there. And so we have to be able to have the body and mind walk and talk in the same same alignment. When I when I entertain these thoughts, this is what's happening. So we have the ability to direct attention. What are we paying attention to? What are we holding in mind? What are we manifesting? So we got to look at that. We got to be able to take responsibility because the inside job, nobody can tell you what you're thinking. They may be able to make, make assumptions or guesses about what you're thinking because of what your body's doing. But on, on a really deep level, we have to be able to say yes to certain thoughts and no to other thoughts or just really start to say, okay, I'm thinking this way. I can deal with the thought or I can go to the belief system. The belief that's actually creating the thoughts that are in alignment with the thought. So when we have, we talk about the negative committee, we talk about the ego. The ego is not bad or anything. It's just ignorant. It just doesn't know. So we have to be able to observe it and understand when we get in the fight, flight, or freeze, but no space between stimulus and response. And, and we're just in that doing mode. We got to be able to get into the rest and digest or the love or the growth mode. So that we can actually see what's going on. We see the big picture and we can be still and know. We can just notice, okay, my job is to observe uncritically my reactions to life, what people are doing, what I'm doing. And then even if I don't know it, if I go by based on what my actions are, now I can go back to my word, my thoughts. What's the belief system? What's the paradigm from which I am observing things? So real clearly, um, 
what glasses am I wearing? I wear glasses, so sometimes you do, you too, you do as well. You don't know you have glasses on, but those glasses have a certain lens or a certain belief system or a certain filter that allows you to see some things, but it doesn't allow you to see others. So when you make a map, you can have a really busy map, but you just have a map that has the basic fundamental things on it, like the main highways. But there's a lot of stuff on the map that's not you, you, you won't have access to. But if you are in the noise, you won't see the, the forest for the trees. So do you have to be able to understand, you know, what map are we following? Where are we going? But more importantly, what's our intention? Because we're on automatic pilot. We're in the, because the mind is, they talk about neuroplasticity or the mind having a mind of its own. It can go negative or positive. And the only difference, the only one that can control that is us being able to say, okay, when I think this way, this is the belief system. So, okay, so why don't I change belief system instead of struggling with the thoughts? Because I can struggle with the thoughts, but once I get rid of that thought, then because it's coming from the belief, it's going to keep generating the same quality of thoughts unless I'm able to change the filter. For me, because I was an ultimate rescuer, I was rescuing people, and and I'm a, I'm I'm a recovering perfectionist. I had to. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that's I, awesome. <laughs> you know, so I had to. Sometimes I had to say. I got to be selfish, be selfless. So I got to take care of me so I have something to give. I didn't take care of myself, even in my dysfunction. I was taking care of everybody else, but not taking care of me, and then hopeless for somebody to take care of me. But if you're so busy helping other people, they don't think you need help. Are you sure we're not related? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is you called know? the human experience, my dear. This is This is what's really fascinating when we really think about it, reflect on experience, and true understanding comes from reflecting on experience, what worked, what didn't work. When we see that, we see that we're all, we all want the same thing. We all want peace. We all want to be loved, appreciated, and cared for. We all want these same things, but how we go about it, and whether we're going at it from a selfish point of view or a, or a selfless point of view, and to be able to really say to ourselves, even though my impulse is to go help somebody else. No, I need to take care of me now. Yeah. So by me being selfish in a good way, I can be selfless. What did uh, Yoda say to Luke Skywalker? <laughs> you must unlearn everything you have learned, young Padawan. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. Yeah. We have to unlearn a lot of things that we learned that are no longer useful. And even if they were useful at one time, point in time, they're not now. Self-knowledge and self-invention our lifelong processes. We change, so we have to keep seeing ourselves in new and fresh ways. This, how can I see things in fresh and new ways? How can I relate to you, not on based on who I think you are or what I read about you, but how can I just meet the person that's here with me right now and seeing them with fresh eyes and allowing their masterpiece to express itself? But if I see your masterpiece inside of you and I'm relating to you as another masterpiece, that's a total psych different psychology than me saying, okay, this is a person and how much can I, can I be vulnerable? How much can I do this? I can only see what I am. This is Emerson talking about that. You know, we surround ourselves with the things that, you know, how we see ourselves. So we have to not only see others differently, we have to see ourselves most importantly differently, like a masterpiece of greatness within this ability to know the truth and the truth shall set us free, but also to thine own self be true. And July, I'll have. 39 years of sobriety. I've Congratulations. Over, I've read over a book a week, not to mention all the stuff I listen to and everything. 
when I learn and I achieve, I actually create more enthusiasm. So I have this energizing enthusiasm, and that helps me to to go through the un- discomfort because it's not uncomfortable because I know it's going to be ama- it's going to be amazing and just the joy, the journey. Success is a progressive realization of a worthy idea. Today I'm a little bit better than I was yesterday. That's success. I don't have to get all the way there. Say wait until I I do this or I. I get on, you know, I get on Oprah's book club or I do this and that, then I'll be happy. No, you're happy first, then the success comes. So it's about now because the only thing I have is now. So I say enjoy now or never. Why does Phil Jackson call you mummified? Like when someone takes your train, yeah, yeah. Well, back you get they, mummified. Uh, yeah, because they, yeah, they just got hit with something they ain't never heard seen before. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, what do you, what do you mean by that? He, he's been mummified. So... What that means is... Oh, Mumfeed, sorry, not mummified. Yeah, He's yeah, not mummifying anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mumfeed. Yeah, so it means that they just got... It's like a <laughs> breath of fresh air just came through. And you say, ah, yeah, that feels good. Well, you know, you forget about that. Uh, that's how we used to describe it sometimes. What I feel like I think he meant by that is you just got in touch with your inner being. He's reminding you when you're in flow and when you forget who you are, and that's when that's when you're playing your best, when it's less subconsciousness, that he, he's opening you to a process that allows you to have more of that and, and to be able to to know that you are responsible and that you have the you have you've been wired for success. You have all you need to succeed. Just before we close out, in the book you talk about one of your last conversations with Kobe Bryant. Who, who you help uh, unlock his inner greatness, his masterpiece. Let me set the stage for this. You Normally, it was very different. I'd meet the team in October, and, you know, we have pre, you know the preseason. But when Phil went to the Lakers, they didn't have a practice facility. So I didn't really get to see them until January or February to go out and see the team, and they hadn't come to Boston yet. And I remember it was one of the games, it was a four-game and, you know, I'm, I'm in a locker room. I mean, I'm just with the team and I see Kobe warming up for the game. And I said, hey, Kobe, the best way to score is not to try to score. And he had like 16 points in the first quarter. So for those, that's a lot of points. But what would happen, what the mindset normally is, score 32 points this game. So I take a linear approach and say, okay, so that means I got to score at least eight points each quarter. So if it's, you know, if it's like it's 12 minutes and a quarter and let's say it's three minutes left and he's only scored two points now he's going to try to force and make you know force stuff when you force things it doesn't work but what i was basically saying to him was listen why limit yourself to eight points why don't you just keep it open and see uh, just let the game come to you because when you when you're not intending on scoring you see more opportunities versus when you're just looking for opportunities you you're, you're not opening up and letting possibility be unlimited and he remembered everything else I told him. He, he's got like a, one of these memories, but he, he's, he's a, you know, he's, as people know, that mama mentality. He just doesn't do anything that way. But writing this book, I realized that I, I have the same mentality. I've always had it. It's like, you know, like who does all the things that I've been doing? But I had the mama mentality, but I, I'm not sharing it with anybody. I'm pursuing excellence and wisdom with grace and ease now. Not so much in the beginning. The grace and ease was missing. But now I got that. But it's that tenacity and that no quit. It's just like, you know, just do what you need to do. So I think that's probably why I resonated with him and MJ and, and some of the other folks, because 
I did it. I was doing it in my own way, but I was embodying it. And just to think about it, how do you get from being in a crack house or a shooting gallery? It seems like one minute and the next minute you're part of eight NBA championships and you're, you're working with elite of the elite. You're, you're working with, 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 uh, you know, you're doing programs with the Dalai Lama. You're doing all sorts of things that I would have never discovered, but that's what's possible for us. When we unlock, we have no idea, but the universe will collude with us. Well, look at me. I'm talking to you. Yeah. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. We have we have a basketball team here. Oh, I'm called- talking to you. I know. I'm so humbled. <laughs> this is where this is where gratitude kicks in. I am so grateful to have met yes. you in so many ways that one before you came on the air, I was I was telling you privately that your book, I've read it a few times and highlighted it. I actually printed it off because <laughs> I got a printed coffee and it's it's done wonders for me. We have we have a team here in Kitchener called the the a basketball team called the the KW Titans or the Kitchener Titans and I'm going to make sure that they hear this interview as well as, as as Canada hears this interview. George, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you from the bottom of my soul for coming on this show and discussing your life and this book unlocked. So they can, yeah, they can get it on Amazon and uh, no, I think Barnes and Nobles has it as well. Or to go to my website, georgemonster.com. I hope everyone is willing and capable of opening their minds and their souls and picking up this book. George Mumford, he is the author of the book Unlock, Embrace Your Inner Greatness, Find the Flow, Discover Success. And it's out today. Unlocked offers proven strategies for unleashing your innate strengths, avoiding burnout, and discovering enduring success. Thank you so much, George, for being yeah. so on can the I, show. Can I give a shout out to all my Canadian friends and even yes. the Canadian Olympic Committee? I, I know those folks. I've, I've uh, been uh, honored to uh, spend time with them up in Canada. And so I want to shout out to all of those folks and all the new friends that I'll to have from this that love and blessings to you all thank you george and please come back anytime yes i'll uh yeah i will do that for sure thank you so much all right have yourself a great day george god yeah, bless you too Bye-bye. Hey, Canada, you can catch us Tuesdays at 6 p.m. on 98.5 CKWR. Stream live on CKWR.com. And after the broadcast, you can stream Black Exposed on YouTube, Spotify, Virgin, Samsung, and most other streaming services. If you have an event or you're a Black Canadian artist and want to be heard, email me at blackexposed at bell.net. It's a three-day celebration of Black art and artistry. And it's free. The Mel Brown Music Festival and Symposium, hosted by KPL Central. Blues, hip-hop, opera, jazz, reggae, ska, R&B. Established stars, exciting emerging talent. If you love music, any music, you'll want to be there. Check out the website daily. New artists are still being added. 
the Mel Brown Music Festival, May 26th to 28th. Get your free tickets now at melbrownfestival.ca. This week's Black Canadian Artist Spotlight is Empress Lyrics. Her music is not limited to one genre, but includes reggae, dancehall, rap, gospel, and R&B. Her music has taken her across many borders, including Trinidad, Amsterdam, Brazil, Miami, Florida, and New York. And Empress is currently working on her book, The Setup. It's an autobiography. Can't wait to have her on the show when her book comes out. This is Empress Lyrics, our Black Canadian Artist Spotlight with the song Conscious and True. I'm Sandra Tyler, and you're listening to Black Exposed on 98.5 CKWR. Be conscious. Be conscious. And be true. Keep the clothes off my back That's the way we live We can design a pit Where I 
and night for far Once the meeting star, but the most I a cause Empress we have, not show up at all Fight I the night so hard No matter from which rock them crawl I go stand tall Conscious in me spread the love, not put up a wall Conscious and true, Jah will see you through That's on me, boy. Media RudyBlairMedia.com. You're listening to Black Exposed with Sandra Tyler. 
the Mel Brown Music Festival and KPL present hip-hop workshops for black youth with lead instructor and rap coach John Corbin. This four-session workshop is designed to help black youth write their own hip-hop song. It's four two-hour group sessions, individual writing coaching, instruction on writing rhymes, counting beats, editing, creating unique hooks, and performance tips. Group performances in a professional venue featuring industry sound and lighting. They have pizza at every session, and you have the opportunity to showcase at the Mel Brown Music Festival May 26 to 28. So the hip hop workshops are every Thursday starting May 4th and dang May 25th, and they're happening at the KPL. So go to the kpl.org to register your spots. There are not many spots left for this. So make sure you go to kpl.org to register. To be a black Canadian is to be stuck between worlds. Not Canadian enough for the Canadians, but not cultured enough for our parents' countries. To be a black Canadian that has been here for multiple generations is to be unacknowledged and all but forgotten. To be a black Canadian is to be welcomed with one hand and oppressed by the other. It is to be muted. It is to be sold on the story of inclusion while being denied of your own experiences. To be a black Canadian is to be the younger sibling of black America. They are the more popular child and always get the attention. Even when we go through similar things, it doesn't seem like anybody cares when they happen to us. It is to have your contributions towards building this country erased. It is to have your stories go untold. It is to have your neighborhoods be gentrified or demolished. It is to come from an English-speaking country only to be put in ESL. To be a black Canadian is to be raised by parents who were raised in countries where they were the majority. To find yourself being the only one that looks like you in the room. To be a black Canadian is to be stuck between worlds and never belonging to one. That's it for tonight's Black Exposed. Special thanks to George Mumford, author and mindfulness coach to the NBA. His book Unlocked is out today and you can buy it anywhere. Next week, Rudy Blair joins us for a two-part series. He is Canada's number one entertainment reporter. He's going to talk about some of the best and the worst Hollywood interviews he's conducted. And he's going to give advice to black emerging youth who want to go into broadcasting and media and, you know, events and all that fun stuff. And you're going to want to make sure you tune in for this one. The Mel Brown Festival happens May 26 to 28. A reminder that tickets are free, but you still have to register for your spot. Tickets are almost gone, so go to melbrownfestival.ca for a full lineup and free tickets. Black Exposed is every Tuesday at 6 p.m. You can stream live on ckwr.com, catch us after the broadcast on most streaming platforms. And shout out to my listeners in the UK, Germany, Japan, and around the world. That's so cool. Thanks for tuning in. Stay blessed. This is Black Exposed. I'm Sandra Tyler. Hey, y'all. I'm Rudy Blair of Rudy Blair Entertainment Media, RudyBlairMedia.com. You're listening to Black Exposed with Sandra Tyler. 